everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Pierre, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 4, Episode 8. It's called Future Imperfect. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. This episode sees Riker be p- knocked out by a gas, and so he's in danger, he's in danger. What's happening after a mysterious speaking from a planet? It could be Romulans in hiding, could be something else to go out and investigate, but he ends up passing out. And he wakes up seemingly 16 years in the future, where he is now captain of the Enterprise. Picard is an admiral, uh, and not stationed on the ship, although of course he does appear, because obviously we want to see what Picard does in this future. Uh, but we see various other characters who have ranked up uh, in different uh, you know, uniforms and whatnot. Uh, honestly, it was kind of weird seeing Azel Schultz sing it in song. <clears throat> Data in red... Completely unnecessary. <laughs> Most things worth having in life are unnecessary. So, yes. Why that was my first thought when I saw Data in Red was to sing Data in Red to the, at least the attempted tune of Lady in Red. I don't know, but it was. And that's that's where we're starting this on. I mean, the episode's okay. So, I mean, you, know, you, you can't be insulting it that much. It's not like it's an amazing episode that you're dragging down. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the episode. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like the greatest, but I thought it I think was pretty it's, solid. It's, a, it's all right. It does suffer, <clears throat> I think, from going too long in its premise without kind of any, you know... Because obviously, as, as viewers, we're like, okay, this isn't right the whole time. And, and uh, yet, that you know, you have to give them a bit. But I think it goes too long without Riker even having a hint of anything. Do you know, I wasn't really thinking about this as I was watching it, but you making this complaint is almost identical to the complaint you made about another episode not that long ago. Is it? Yeah. Uh, we were talking about... It was the one with uh, Crusher, and she was in, like, the, the, right. the bubble yeah, world. The... Well, clearly, when they do these kinds of episodes, I have a problem with the pacing consistently, it seems. Apparently you do. Uh, I, I didn't really have much of a problem with it there. I didn't really have much of a problem with it here. I actually... I kind of liked how it was, he sort of quickly snapped out of it. Like, there was one thing. It was just one thing that told him that this was wrong. Because he has a lot of trouble believing all this, obviously. He wakes up and he's... He, you know, uh, Crusher keeps calling him Captain. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm Commander Raker, not Captain Raker. He's like, no, you're Captain Raker. And... She's even, you know, she protects. I think what makes it work for me is that those signs to us. I know. I mean, when I say the signs to us, obviously we expect that it's all not real because we're not jumping sixty years yeah. in the future, uh, unless there's like time travel back that way, I suppose. But that's not. That doesn't feel what the episode's doing. But there's hints to us as to exactly what's going on, even if Riker's not seeing them, uh, specifically with his child, Jean Luc Riker, <laughs> which we'll talk about. But there was like little signs where it er- was every so often he'd look for information, it wouldn't be there. But then once the kid became aware that he was looking for something, all of a sudden the information would like reveal itself almost immediately, as if it was once he kind of like got the, c- the computer, for lack of a better word, to kind of like process the idea, then it would happen. It was basically every time Riker tried to look up something on the computer about his past or about what's happened in the last 16 years. I think that was one of those things that felt a little bit weird to me, not because it was, you know, oh, this is out of place and we're supposed to be picking up on it, but the idea that, okay, in 16 years, the the technology has somehow gotten worse, right, at, at this point, and Riker's just not questioning it that much. Well, no, there's a reason for it. They, they give him a... 
I get they, they do. No, they do, and that like gives him a pass on the first thing. But it goes on and on, and you know, and when he does finally snap out of it, he acknowledges that no, this shouldn't have taken that long. Well, what, um, do, what do you mean it goes on and on? He only goes to the computer twice, and it's the second time that he snaps out of it. But it's not just the computers; it's the other things like uh, like the the turbo lifts as well, because that's the first instance where it's brought up. Uh, is when he tries to um, he he tries to go to a, fl- a different floor, the, the the and and the turbo lift, you know doesn't at first it hesitates and you know that's when i think it's uh crusher who tells him oh no you know the the, the systems are on the fritz you know uh yeah you know, mm. they're, they're not quite working so it, it's across a variety of things it's not just the search results that's the problem yeah see i don't have a problem with this because to me this is the, the the point is that we are picking up on these details and going no it's it's trying to hide its its uh it's shortcomings. It's trying to hide what it's not been able to recreate or do. So, and obviously, we don't necessarily know exactly what's going on. And I, I do think there's a nice swerve here where, you know, once the Romulan, like, you know, like, what's his rank? I can't remember. He's Jakar from Babylon 5. That's the thing. As soon as he started speaking, I'm like, it's Jakar again. Jakar's back. Uh, Tomalak. Commander Tomalak. When he shows up, and he starts asking about base 23 or whatever it is, and Riker's like, this is all about weird. Like, base 23 is like a secret location. And, you know, Picard's like, you know, again, it's the fake Picard in this, this simulated world. No, Base 23 has not been that important to the Federation for years now, Riker. And I'm like, okay, all right. So naturally you, you jump to, okay, so this is some sort of Romulan plan to get him to reveal this. This was a trap all mm. along. And I do kind of like that it reveals itself as that and it kind of pulls an inception. Not a dream within a dream per se, but a hollow deck within a hollow deck <laughs> kind of uh, idea. No, I, I agree. I kind of liked that. Um that point uh, of the episode um because you know very early on you know it, it sets up the idea that it's romulans down on the planet uh before anything actually goes wrong so that's in our minds the entire time yeah um honestly if i have a complaint about the episode because I, I don't really agree with uh your pacing complaint i actually think all that stuff's really good my only real complaint is that the the linchpin of the episode which is supposed to be the kid who you, you who seems to be important to the overall charade and once it reveals, you know, and, and when it goes into the holodeck, you know, the Romulans are doing this to him, they put him in a cell, and the kid's there too. And then you start to speculate that maybe this is also not real, and that the kid is still kind of the linchpin of what's going on. When it then reveals that the kid essentially has these devices, he was left here by his mother on his own, and that this, this essentially fancy super version of a holodeck that can just do it from these, like, beam post things that he's got. Uh, it's basically there to make sure he has something to do and he's not you know you know alone quote-unquote and the idea that he was keeping Riker here he set out the, the beacon because he just he just couldn't be alone anymore i do think that that could have landed better if they'd made more of a point of giving the kid a bit more of a story in the, the fake world to begin with uh like i feel like when i got to the end and it's like because i don't know i loved that he revealed that it wasn't just because at first i was like oh another human looking alien but I, so i liked it when he like sort of dropped the cloak and it was like, no no he's actually got a completely different look to him he's completely pretty yeah. unique yeah so i i, I appreciate that and i liked that it ended with Riker saying no you don't have to stay here you can come with us we'll take you somewhere and it ends with them beaming up to the enterprise i think it would have landed just a lot had a bit more impact if we actually cared a little bit about the kid and it wasn't just because he wasn't malicious. It wasn't like he was doing anything evil necessarily. No, he, he, I mean, uh, uh, misguided with the kidnapping, I guess. Um, oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's understandable, and Riker does understand as well, so I think that's important. I think uh, what I feel like you're getting at is more during the the sequences, he's not really much of a 
character. He's he's often just he's he's there for Riker to interact with, uh, you yeah, know, and, and to it, see a Riker's know, reaction to having a kid, for example. Yeah, he's there for the shock value of oh shit, he's got a kid who's you know like what twelve years old. So clearly, he you know, doesn't have this sixteen years of memory. He has to because the first half of the episode is largely, even though we know it's pro- you know it's going to be revealed what's really going on. At least as far as the character's concerned, and as far as the shock value goes. We're dealing with the idea of him learning all these things that have changed. Him having a kid, a wife that died. And what gives it away, I thought, was a nice callback to another episode. Because mm-hmm. both the Romulan commander was in a previous episode, which I only remembered, really, because it was the actor who plays Jakar in Babylon 5, because I recognised <laughs> him again. To be fair, uh, I think even if you didn't remember, they mention uh, him. Yeah, contextually they... it works. Because when they, I think at uh, first he's an ambassador, Tomalak, in, in, the, in the dream world. Mm. Um, and... Uh, Riker, obviously, only having the same amount of memories theoretically as what we do, essentially, um, you know, recognizes the name is like, hey, him, and it's like, okay, that must be one of the ones we saw before. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I did recognize him, and oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so so like these these shock value things of of like all these things that have changed. But so that was one callback to another episode, and then the other callback, of course, is the 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 wife that died that they show on the screen when he gets to watch these memories, which really raised the question to me, but. Is the Enterprise recording every place at all times so it can play back this footage later? Uh, or, 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 or does Riker actually initiate these because he's like, oh, this is a, that's a good home movie moment. Computer, record this. Like, I don't know. It sounded like he could just pick any date and it would show him what happened in the room. <laughs> looks a bit yeah, creepy. Yeah. By the creepy side. Uh, but, you know, it's just, I, I, and I'll admit, I didn't actually recognize her, but as soon as he started talking about her and it, he, he, he explained who it was, I'm like, oh, that's actually a really cool callback. Because if you remember, this was the woman, the, the, the fake woman in the holodeck that he kind of fell for. And so the idea that, the, that this computer is able to read his mind and search for who he cares about the most, or maybe not the most, the most, because I'd still argue that Troy ultimately is going to be the, the love of life and all that, but at least relevant you know in recent times like who he's felt the most for it's almost this mistake it makes and i, I kind of like that element of it that it makes a mistake based on it doesn't understand that this wasn't a real person and this is what yeah. completely gives it away yeah um i think it, is it is it the the kid that kind of makes the mistake more i, I feel like it's the kid kind of like mind reading a little bit right oh if it's a kid that's mind reading yeah it's the kid that makes the mistake then yeah because i think it's it's the kid who who's like I mean, that was my impression, at least. That's how he was constructing these, you know, these things. He was t- taking it from Riker's mind and memories. Uh, again, not maliciously, but just you know, for the familiarity, for it to work. Yeah, just so there's one real person that's there uh, that he can interact with, uh, which I guess makes sense why he makes him his father in this this world. It's like, hey, he'll care for me. He will make this effort. To... And it's ultimately what he does in the the second scenario as well. Once he knows kind of what sort of person Riker is and how he's going to react, yeah. Uh, now they're trapped together. Now they're both on the same side and they're fighting by side by yeah. side, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it, it, I think those elements and the the way the, the this alien thinks about trying to win Riker over again, it's not malicious. It's, it's manipulative, but it's not manipulative in a malicious way. It, it, he's just trying to do what he thinks is right. And ultimately, when he learns. He doesn't put up a fight at the end. As soon as Riker explains that this is not how this can happen, uh, he's quite, you know, he accepts this and accepts the offer to go. It's, it's never... Yeah, Riker's immediately like, that. hey, come with us. You have plenty of company. So, I know there's a lot of other things to talk about in the changes, of course. What they do to make people older. Uh, costume changes. Obviously, I mentioned Data in Red. Jordy, of course, not having the, the visor. Uh, funny to see that for an episode. Uh, I wonder if LeVar mm. Barton was just like, oh, 
<laughs> I get to shoot an episode without wearing that stupid thing in my face. Maybe. I, I have to imagine he just got used to it, right? Probably. Yeah. Like, like, in, it, in the same way that you're used to just wearing glasses, whereas if I wore glasses, it's like, no, this this just feels wrong. Oh, yeah, it's not as bad, but I'm, I'm thinking the same way that, like, uh, you know, what was it called? Michael, Dor- Michael Dorn and uh, Brent Spiner. Like, them having to sit in the makeup chair for hours. Like, mm. and the, the, the rare occasion, you know, when Brent Spiner, a few, you know, a few episodes ago got to do the uh wait did he appear because he played the scientist as well right Ian Song. yeah he did, yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure he did so yeah. like when he got to do that a few episodes ago i'm sure he loved that day when he was shooting that side of that obviously he had to do all the other sides of that scene too so he had a lot of work to do but when, yeah, he, was was sh- say. when he was shooting the human being side of that scene i bet he loved it he just had to do some hair and makeup just some normal hair and makeup no like fancy makeup none of this pretending to be nothing an android. crazy yeah yeah because you know that's it i imagine his his makeup it's just one uniform tone so it's quite an easy thing still right it's, it's, i imagine it's probably much quicker than the the wharf makeup for sure the klingon makeup yeah. i imagine takes a bit of time to do all the I, I, I would and... assume so you gotta apply the prosthetics you know go over the paint you know yeah yeah uh, poor michael Doran probably had to get up at like 4 a.m just so he could go and sit in the chair and get made up for the day's shooting do you reckon they get paid extra like obviously they're not paid by the hour, but I just mean, did you think it's work? You know, when they're negotiating contracts and stuff, they work it. Like, look, I'm sat in that makeup chair three hours longer than anyone else every single day. That that should be uh, you know taken into consideration. I'm sure in theory it's supposed to be, but because they don't get paid by the hour, they don't like. It's like okay, well we have to pay them extra, so we'll hire a lesser known actor so that their overall amount is lower anyway. So Probably, they'll, they'll yeah. just work around it. I think Hot- it's more when they when they come to renegotiating. Sure, I don't know if and they're, they're like against other cast members, and they're like, "Hey, look, I, I want more than you know, uh, whoever doesn't who's got a nice easy job makeup wise." That's not you know Patrick Stewart, obviously. Hey, if, I mean, if they have any amount of power, I'm not so, so sure the cast on this did to any point. But mm. I'm sure I'm sure there's examples where that probably does play a factor. And this, I think, Michael Dorn and Brent Spiner were just happy to have a regular gig on a on a show that was successful. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, but no, I like I you know, it was fun to see. All these. I, I like noticing that they had the little uh, the, the the stripes behind the badge to represent rank instead of the the, the pins on the, the collar. I mm. thought that was an interesting little little difference. Uh, data looked weird in red. I do not recommend it uh, <laughs> coming back. You'd get used to it. It's funny because all the characters have switched colors and it's been fine, but for some reason, Data and Red just looked so wrong. I, I think part of it is his uh, the 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 color of his, the the skin tone that he has. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like quite a natural color; it's just off natural, right? Um, it's just like that kind of pale green, uh, and I think the fact that that it kind of you get used to seeing that with the you know the the yellow, and it kind of works. I think the red clashes with it more. It kind of draws notice to it. Speaking of costumes, the kid at one point when he when he hurt himself, uh, and again this was a distraction tactic. It was like just as Riker was getting into something else. Oh, the kids had an injury playing some made up sci fi game. Um, the kid was wearing this weird like onesie outfit that had like an extra layer on one side. Yeah, it was kind of like a like almost like a wetsuit. It was like a wetsuit, but one half of it, like in a sort of designy way, had like almost like mo- motorcycle jacket padding on one side. Yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, also, there's a lot of trimble because the episode starts with Raker's birthday. They're all celebrating his birthday in the uh, in ten forward. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I- I'm always down for for Riker trimbonin. Yeah. Oh sure. And it's Picard's always amusing. 
Sorry to interrupt your celebrations, number one, but uh, we got uh, we got to uh, put down the cake and get back on the bridge, you slacker. Uh, yeah. This is kind of the the gist of it. But yeah, I, mean, I, th- I thought it was a fine episode. Uh, I I enjoyed the, uh, the discovery of all the various elements. Um, you know, you you had things like you know Troy works with 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 Picard, who's got a goatee in this world uh, in this future. Um, yeah, gotta do something right. Yeah, they never really explain because he shows up in like a, a Romulan warbird, and obviously Raker's in shock about this. And they then explain that okay, they're working towards a peace treaty with the Romulans. They're going to be allies. They never quite explain why Picard's commanding a warbird, though. I don't know if they ever actually. Uh, on just assumption here, I would say logically, if I'm trying to create some sort of reason, it would be uh, you know. As an act of good faith, the, the Romulans gave up one of their warbirds. You know, here's the cloaking technology. You know, and that's part of the Federation fleet sure. right now. Okay, yeah, okay, I could, I could see it. I was expecting them to bring it back up at some point, and they never really did. Uh, and another thing I liked was that when Raker did sort of have his snapping moment, where he realised this was all a charade, and he, he, he goes into the bridge and he starts just questioning things quickly. Uh, I like the things that he asks. Is he asked Worf? Where he got his big, because Worf's got a big scar on the side of his face, and he's like, "Where did you get that scar? You know what? You know what mission? What date? Blah blah." And then he goes to he goes to Data and asks Data to calculate how long it'll take to get to wherever they're going. And Data is like, "Well, at warp was no, not warp one, warp seven, warp eight. Go on, tell me." And again, he tries to make some excuse. Well, there's there's interference from, and then he uses a contraction, and Raker's just like, "No, I used a retraction. You can't explain that. You said can't. You said can't." All right, enough of this. Drop this right now. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I did like the back third uh, the most, I think. Yeah, once it got to that point, then the uh, the second, you know, reality. And, you know, because that went a lot quicker as to, you know, as soon as stuff started going wrong, he started picking up on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then the ending, um, which I did quite like again, you know, the, the, the point of it and, you know, the way it was handled by Riker. Well, that was quite fun. Yeah, um, and I also I think we're part of it as well. The, the story starting with his birthday and him realizing that the people around him aren't real. It, it, not so much that Riker has been, you know, ever portrayed as like a, a loner or anything like that. But I, I think there's something to this episode of showing like how important everyone around him is to him. Um, by showing the mm. story of this this kid who has no one, and Riker ultimately realizing no, th- these people aren't around me, aren't the real people. Like I need the real people. I need the I need the actual. I need the real Troy. I need the real Picard, and so on and so on. Um, the facsimile is never going to be enough. Uh, so yeah. I, I think there's something to that, and maybe something to be said about uh, how this show uses the holodeck and Rakers. You know, even though he's someone who does use it a lot, he has a great understanding and knows that he needs the real people around him. It's never a, an actual real substitute for everything. So. Uh, except you know, like that one episode where it was, uh, and that was kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that, maybe that's why it ties back to that episode. Is that this is kind of the almost the the answer to that one, which is like, okay, he kind of get lost in it a little bit that one time, but ultimately he knows that the real relationships that he has with everyone around him are far more important, and he yeah. could never actually live or survive off of just those fake engagements. Yeah. It's it it is something this show has played with a, a couple of times because we had the other one, um, the the guy with like the the, the social anxiety. Mm. Um, I can't remember his name now, but you know that one uh, where the, you know, and that was you know, about the, you know, the the dangers of kind of getting caught up in the the fantasy, right? Barclay. Um, oh, well done, you. 
I'll remember it because they call him Broccoli. I was trying to think what the, jo the joke name was. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, kudos. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Um, but yeah, I, you know, so it's, it's obviously something that the show's interested in tackling from time to time. Yeah. Uh, so I think they did a pretty decent job of doing that. And I, I, you know what? I mean, obviously we got the connection with the last episode with, with her appearance. Uh, and that was a really fun way of like having them snap out of it. But talking about it and like realizing that it, it's kind of like a, you know, the yin and yang to that episode. You know, it's the, the yang to that yin, if you will. Mm. Uh, I think that actually even raises it. Just a little, little nudge, just a little nudge to make it feel a bit more thought out than just that. It, it makes them feel um, thematically linked rather than mm. just, oh, we picked a character from any random episode for him to realize it was fake. Yeah. So that's a, that's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. So, yeah, no. Uh, I wouldn't say it's an amazing episode. It's definitely not like got maybe quite the emotional impact that maybe it could have done, perhaps if they had lent into the kid a bit more in the first chunk. Or... Yeah, which is a little frustrating because it has such a, a solid point for its ending that if, if it did have that you know emotional resonance, it would have been a mm. great ending rather than just a solid ending. Yeah, so that's a good episode. Good episode. Maybe not one of the, the, the standouts, but good, solid episode. So... Uh, so coming up next time then in episode 9 we have an episode called Final Mission here's the description in IM Debay before leaving for Starfleet Academy Wesley Crushers accompanies Captain Picard on a dangerous mission that's really simple and vague I'm not yeah but the implication <laughs> is it's the end of Wesley I mean that is an exciting idea so maybe, maybe we'll see Wesley's bon voyage next week uh, I'm, at last I'm all for it quite frankly uh, but that is uh, this week's episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. So do like and subscribe and all the usual stuff. It does help us out a lot and is a nice and easy way to show your support. You can also support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. Catch us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. And of course, you can check out all the stuff that we're doing. Uh, myself and Tara have been working through Twilight Zone. We just started working through Babylon 5. So there's other classic sci-fi shows if you're interested in uh, catching more of those and and tagging along for the ride but there you go uh so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching star trek guys and when it comes to the ladies wesley crusher at least for now is in complete control